0: I'm a feminist, but Hello, Sheffield. It's good to be back. It's very good to be back. And I'm a feminist, but if Pretty Patel were in her 48th hour of extreme labor during childbirth, and I was the only one in the hospital with a painkiller, I'd be like, saving it for a refugee.)
4: feminist but when during this year's Oscar ceremony William Smith shouted the words keep your wife's name out of your fucking mouth
0: I slightly came oh my god oh my god violence is not the answer Sophie spit out the I was like his
4: dirty mouth's all over the
0: name I know what you mean I know what you mean he's gonna spit his wife's mouth out dirty Rocky mouth. I put this under, I said I was aroused by it, not that I approve of it. <laughs> Those are different things. Those are different. I don't things. approve of anything that I'm aroused I by. I don't approve <laughs> of much I'm aroused by either, to be honest. I,
4: didn't, I wasn't turned on by the slap.
0: And neither was I. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't turned on by the, by the slap. But, I, but I'm delighted to know you're turned on by things you shouldn't be, and it makes me happy and feel better about myself. Does yeah. anyone else feel that? Yeah. But they're all filth here in Sheffield. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... Woo!
4: I think that ladies' bathroom and clubs are too supportive. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the one adding gritty realism to it. Sometimes he's just not going to come back.
0: <laughs> wow. You're you betraying the sisterhood in a hard, hard way. <laughs> It, the, it, it's Listen, if, what time is it in the ladies' loo, if it's after 11, that she, he's coming back? I mean, at
4: I'm, I'm, I'm like 9am,
0: I'm here, he's not coming back! Yeah, <laughs> listen, listen, you need, you need to say, look, if you say he's not coming back, you need to follow it up with... Because you are too fucking good for him, and he fucking knows that. Yes. You... Hey, you it, Lock the door. That's very much the implied when I say, and you're not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, Celia, we're going to need to do some hardcore training out the back. Yeah. In, during the first act. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but...
5: Um, <laughs> um, I bought a Yorkie a couple of days ago, and I, um, I still haven't had it (laughs) sorry I I promise well there's an internal worry which is why it's relevant that I've been thinking about it but thinking I mean it's a bit much (laughs) but I'm hoping what the issue is is that there's just not been long enough gaps between other snacks (laughs)
0: <laughs> if you're listening globally, there's a very misogynistic uh, advertising campaign about Yorkies that goes like this. I can't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it Sheffield? Something uh, like not for, not for men, again. Sheffield. Not for girls. Yeah. Not for girls because only a man can handle it. Just for you. I used to be able
5: to do one a day. Um, <laughs> at school, I did one a day out of the vending machine. And this is uh, raisin <laughs> and biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a, but a, I've recently—I've ignored them for. Uh, there's a new Yorkie orange, best orange chocolate I've ever had. Um, whoa! <laughs> Better than a Terry's chocolate orange. Oh, I will arm wrestle wow. over it.
0: Oh, it's oh, Sheffield, um, you're up for a rumble tonight. <laughs> right, bring out the Yorkies, fill the bat with Yorkies, and we'll wrestle within it. <laughs> to see. Yeah. yeah, we'll show them it's not just for girls, but yeah. like for yeah, for girls wrestling. In ge- <laughs> I think it's what they want. <laughs> yeah. I think it's their fantasy. Yeah. Are we ready to start the show? Yeah. Then welcome, welcome, welcome to the Guilty Feminist. A huge round of applause for Jessica Foster, Q, Jess Robertson, Celia A. B. and Sophie Juker. Four women we will be seeing a lot more of tonight. They are all each and every one of them amazing. Da, na, 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 na. Woo. Woo! That's right, if you're listening at home, I just did a spin in my cape. On the back of the cape it says, guilty feminist. Uh, it's, a, it's a gold sequined cape, um, because as I sometimes say, uh, not all superheroes wear capes, but a lot of us do. It's quite common. <laughs> it's quite common. It's, a, it's, the, it's the basic uniform. Why deviate from it? The thing is, if you're a man superhero, you don't have to wear the cape, because people just go... Yeah, okay, assume, assume, assume now he's a superhero, just because of the way he stands. But if you're a female superhero, you still have to wear the cape, otherwise people won't acknowledge you in the street thus. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I will be wearing this around Sheffield later this evening. Um, I hope to bump into you and uh, maybe solve a crime or save a child from a, a tall building, if any, if any children are up in the middle of the night. You get, you get going early, Sheffield, I will say that. Because we were down in town tonight at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's a Saturday, if you're listening on the podcast. Because if you're listening on the podcast, you're in the future. Um, hope it's good there. Hope the borders bill didn't pass. Um, it, it will have. Um, and uh, I was down on the high street, on a street called West Street. Yeah. Hey! Big shout-out for West Street. Come on! Um, and uh, there was, like, loud, pounding disco music coming out of, a like, a bar... And people were in there, like, they were knocking it back. It looked like it was, like, 11 o'clock at night. But it was, like, genuinely, maybe not four, but five o'clock in the afternoon. And people had been in there for a while. Were any of you in there? Yay! Of course you were. And uh, that person who just said yay is one of the guilty feminists rather than the guilty feminists. I always know which tribe people are in. I can pretty much tell at random. I just know I can point to people. I won't, because that seems discriminatory and wrong. But I'm going to let you self-identify. If you're more guilty than feminist, give us a cheer. If you're more feminist than guilty, give us a cheer. Wow. Because last night we were in Liverpool, we only had one person identify as more feminist than guilty. (laughs) One. And then a few other people, after she went, woo went yay, because they felt, you know, the sisterhood, they didn't want to leave her out alone in the crowd. She was absolutely fine with it. She was in the front row going, no, I know where I live and I know what the situation is, a stance, and I'm perfectly confident uh, she has to be. She's, uh, she's more feminist than guilty in Liverpool. But here in Sheffield, I, know, I love Liverpool, by the way. It's so friendly. It's, I think it's, it being so guilty makes it such a fun town. I'm not saying you're not a fun town, Sheffield. I'm just saying you are equal parts fun and fuck you. Would you agree? Excellent. Um, So the first thing I need to do is, I'm a feminist, but, and I haven't done this anywhere else, I swear, Um, I, just before I left the dressing room, I've not worn this combination before, and I thought, oh, I think this is an error. Because I think what I've done is I've worn a floaty over a floaty garment. And yes, exactly, that lady knows. And I think you need to wear a floaty over a tailored, or a tailored over a floaty. You agree. I, what, so what I did is I quickly grabbed another jumpsuit because the dressing room's like in China. It's way back down. I would never find my way back. I'm a feminist, but I don't have two spatial skills to rub together. I Honestly, I couldn't find my way back to the dressing room reliably and get back here before the next act. That is the actual truth. So I grabbed a jumpsuit to put on backstage. So what I'm going to need, and I swear this is just an emergency situation. It's not a bit. Could somebody take a picture of me And then can I look at it, if I think it's wrong and not flattering, because I know pictures will go on Instagram from tonight, I'm going to need to change backstage. Okay, so anyone think they're a good photographer? The trouble with you being lower than me as well is what the front row see is... What the front row see is what I see... What the front row see is what I see when I accidentally open my camera phone the wrong way round. I hate people sitting there. When I'm very successful everyone will sit in the gods and look <laughs> down upon me. No one will be allowed in the stalls because that's the flattering selfie angle, isn't it? So um, I need... I need... Who, who, who You're can saying you're happy table. to come Are on. Get on, get on the table. That's going to make it worse, isn't it? Then she's yeah, going to be... Hey, I'll be on the, on the table. table. Oh, you'll be, oh, you'll get on the table for me. <laughs> this is feminism in action. <laughs> also, the theatre's going, health and safety nightmare. A random audience member's going to stand on furniture. Can look, you can you just... Okay, I should come down, is what you're saying. Okay, or oh, you just come up. Excellent, well done, thank you. Okay, so Woo! I'm going to need a couple of, yeah, okay. That's fine, do it flat on, because we need to be honest. Okay, I don't like being honest. Okay, ready, one. Okay, and then I'm going to do side. And then I'm going to do a turn. Okay, and then if anyone from the audience, because this is actually realistically what you're going to be seeing and how you will be photographing me, could we take a couple from the audience? And like, I'll just do a natural one. <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah i did see them don't go anywhere you're the official photographer mm. it's Good. It's that's really actually good. not bad it's not it's as bad really as i good. thought it was going to be no that's actually that's actually quite like that. nice hold on let me look my face isn't working there but we'll ignore that there's nothing that can be done okay can i have a quick look mm. It's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm going to hang out in it for the first act and I might change for the second act because that way you'll feel you've had more for your money with a costume change. <laughs> People love a costume change, it's true. And, uh, and, and I will also feel like if there'll be at least some photos I like from tonight but that is not bad. Um, you may post that one. Don't post the one with the face. <laughs> there's been none with the bass Sheffield as I've been going around the country you will have heard on the podcast I'm asking people for an act of feminism they've done recently so we can encourage each other yes come on we've come out of the pandemic we've come through it well we've come we're still in the pandemic but we've come out of the bit of the pandemic where we're pretending to worry about the pandemic apparently Um, not that we're pretending to worry about it but the bit where the government regulate that we pretend I think what happened is because of Partygate they went oh fuck we were caught having loads of rosé while singing Jerusalem with our arms around each other, doing selfies, while laughing about the the <laughs> Can you imagine it? They're all on Zoom right now, crying into their mocktail. Um, and so now they've gone. Oh fuck! They know uh, everyone can have party gates. Is what's happened. Um, so uh, anyway, we're out of that point. We're out of that point. Um, so for at least for the moment. Uh, so we just want to encourage each other with acts of feminism that might have happened. Um, during that time, uh, or now, recently, but we don't want them to be too good because the first time I ever did this game, you may have heard me say this on the podcast. I said, anyone done an act of feminism? And somebody put her hand up and said, yes, I took the Met Police to court. I had to raise £250,000 to do it. But we won in the Supreme Court, demonstrating that the Met Police should not have stopped us having a vigil, etc. And then no one wanted to say anything. Everyone else just went, no, I've done nothing with my life at all. I just, I, just no, uh, I hate myself. And, uh, and listen, with so thrill, Jamie Klingler did that. We've just recorded an episode uh, with her and, uh, and the lawyer who were with, you know, just absolutely fantastic. Well done well done reclaim these streets well done well done well done reclaim these streets and also we're looking for something at a very low bar here sheffield <laughs> to encourage others to speak up so you tell me something and i'll tell you whether it's too good or not um anyone got an act of feminism it can be very low yes what's yours so this is your 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 friend told you you had lipstick on your face before you came in here what do we think, gang? Yeah, I think... They love it! They're all thinking, I can clear that bar! Oh, I can leap over that bar with my feminist act! They're loving you! They're absolutely loving you! You have given them absolutely nothing to live up to! You have buried the bar! Just, down, just It's just, it's just metres below... It's, it's at the Earth's core! So they're loving that! Has anyone got an act of feminism that they now feel confident to tell us about? Yes? You you called out some 15-year-old boys in your class for telling them your hair looks nice. Hold on. Are you a classmate or a teacher? You're a teacher. And you said you shouldn't say that. I asked them how many of the male teachers they say that. Oh, you asked them how many of the male teachers they... Because at first, people did not get that. People are now... First, people are like... Surely a compliment's fine, that's nice, that they're, they're charming young boys, and then you realise they wouldn't say it to a male teacher, and they're now applauding you roundly, going, We should have seen it. <laughs> yes. They, they, said they said they didn't know what misogyny was, and I they said I've got an example for you. Oh, they said they didn't know what misogyny was, and you said I've got an example for you. Mm-hmm. I I feel that's more <laughs> I feel it's more sexism than the misogyny on a point of information, I don't feel they hate you. I feel like they fancy you like mad. <laughs> I think that's what that is. Uh, I'm not saying it's not, it's not something for you to go, hold on a minute, would you say that? Because it's, it's, you know, they've got to live their life. They've got to go into the workforce and if they're loitering around the water cooler or whatever passes for a water cooler in today's, what is it now? We all work from home, no one will ever fuck again. I don't know. <laughs> um, you, I think that's clear. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're, that's, that's great. I, I love that. Do you try and Trojan horse in feminism through your... What, what do you teach? Physics. physics. Do you try and Trojan horse feminism in, in your physics classes? It's quite tricky with physics, isn't it? Because it's just an absolute. You tro- how do you Trojan it into physics? Do you point out that gravity is Mother Nature giving us all a hug? Yeah, you could try. You could try. When a look at what the women are doing, isn't this great? Is that what the class is called? Like today, today, today class, we're going to look at, look at what the women are doing, isn't it great? Can you give us an example of a female physicist? No. Oh God, no, 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 you're teaching children about female physicists, you must have one. We, Mary Curie, we already know her, we want a new one. Okay, we're going to give you a little time to Google because you know, you'll know what you're looking for. You know what they're doing? Okay, what are these nameless women doing? They're trying to do fusion, not fission. So there's another physicist in who's helped. Yeah, what's happened? Who's the other physicist? marketing. You do marketing? But, but what a good marketer she is because when just when she needed it, this is feminism in action... I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking with you. I'm delighted you know anything about physics. I'm, science is magic to me, so I'm, and I'm ashamed to say that, but it's true. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Laura. Laura. You, you, you ummed there like you make making up a fake name. I wouldn't blame you. You think, might think some of the students are in going, mm, Miss. Um, you got stuck for a minute where you were. Yeah, it, 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 is this like a horrible nightmare where you're suddenly in the class and I'm calling on you and asking you, did you do your homework? And you're going, I absolutely didn't know. Okay. I, no, no, no. Well, listen, if you Google and find any, we'll allow you to have your phone on. Most people aren't allowed their phones on, but if you find a particular example you've been thinking about lately that you'd like to tell us about, we can come back to you. Sorry, say your name again. Laura, Laura, Laura. Okay, so I've got to think if you like... Um, Laura, okay, I've got it. Um, I do mnemonics in my head, but it wasn't a very feminist one, it was Laura Ashley. <laughs> if I censored it out, I was like, no one's gonna like it. <laughs> Laura Bates, everyday sexism. Yes! Yeah. That's better, that's better. And Mark, you're the, the person who's in marketing? Yeah. What's your name? Lucy. Lucy. how do you know about fish and Fusion? Uh, I just know that they're two words and they up. The <laughs> and, and you were just trying to help. You are good at marketing. You are really good. That is, that's classic marketing there. Um, anyone else got Well done. And well done, Laura, for doing the teaching. Because everyone who has children during the pandemic said, fuck me, teachers. When people had to homeschool, they understood the value of you, Laura, in a way that they never had before. And they love you. And we love you. And thank you for doing what you're doing and Trojan horsing in feminism. And I'm sorry to put you on the spot. But please feel free to prepare something and come back to us. Yes? Yes? Fission yes. is a nuclear power station. Fusion is the sun. Thank you. Is that correct? True. No, That's true. Apart but. But, they create yeah. Yeah. but but okay. There's a whole. Te- There's a TED talk. I don't have a mic for you. But are we, we're trying to recreate the sun on Earth yes. using a smaller scale. A smaller scale. Can, what do you do? What? I work in a school. You work in a school too. Yeah, but an admin. Admin. Yeah. But you just. But, but you're a botanist this is a fascinating academic room isn't it (laughs) give us a cheer if you if you're something to do with sheffield university great what are you to do with it what are you to do with it i'm a student you're a student yeah makes sense i suppose (laughs) it's a university what was i hoping to hear i don't know what what are you studying Uh, music music and you're the one that said take the lipstick off your face Yeah, absolutely, but in a nice way, you said yeah. it in a feminist way. I made it sound rude. Um, uh, anyone else from Sheffield University has got anything academic to tell us about, or any famous feminists from Sheffield or elsewhere, or from your discipline that you'd like to tell us about? Emily Rickman. Emily Rickman. Tell us about Emily Rickman. She's a, she's a physicist and she graduated from Sheffield. She's a physicist who graduated from Sheffield. Come on. <laughs> what does Emily Rickman do? Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> Google Emily Rickman <laughs> together, we can put it together something to do with space it's all to do with space that's all we've got space, wherever we are in space, but it's something more specific Google Emily Rickman space and see what comes up um, oh, do you want me to get off? Yes. Stuart's saying could you please for fuck's sake bring the first act on which is fair enough To kick us off tonight, we have a phenomenal stand-up comedian. You will have seen her on all of the shows on the television, including the current Taskmaster. That's right. Uh, She is a phenomenal comedian, and uh, we are very lucky to have her at the Guilty Feminist. She's a Guilty Feminist favourite. Put your hands together and make incredible, welcoming Sheffield Guilty Feminist woo noises for the wonderful Sophie Duker!
4: of you, if you haven't seen me before. My name is Sophie. I'm an openly black comedian. (laughs) I'm also, as some of the more spiritual of you will have already picked up on, an Aquarius (laughs) Mm, born in the year of the horse. An Aquarius born in the year of the horse. What could that mean? Nothing. It's bullshit. (laughs) And the last fact about me, a very exciting fact, is that I am an eldest child. Thank you. One small woo. And it often gets that because eldest children have had to fight for absolutely everything they've got. (laughs) Eldest child, a.k.a. former only child. (laughs) if you were an only child and then your parents stopped having children that means you were enough (laughs) or that your massive fat head broke your mother's vagina (laughs) if you were an only child like me and then your parents kept having children that means you were the test (laughs) the first pancake You came out greasy, you got dropped on the kitchen floor. Your parents said, sod it, we'll make more. (laughs) And it only gets worse. Eldest children, first in line for blame, last in line for love. Raise your hands, eldest children. Yes, at the front of the room, because you guys are leaders. You are leaders, but you are reluctant leaders because you've had leaderness thrust upon you. By contrast, can the youngest children in the room make some noise? Woo! You smug pricks. (laughs) I would ask the middle children to cheer, but as we all know, you're not important. (laughs) I'm very progressive, though. I was in what some of you might be familiar with tonight, an interracial relationship. Uh, Ooh, okay. Only some woos. Uh, Put your hand up if you know what the word interracial means. And keep that hand in the air if you can honestly say that you did not learn that term from pornography. (laughs) Oh! A lot of verbose liars in Sheffield. I was in an interracial relationship, but it was nothing like a pornography interracial relationship because, as you all know, in pornography, interracial just means a white person and a person who's paid less. But me and my ex were nothing like that. There was nothing about our relationship that was like pornography apart from how often we ordered pizza. I was in the relationship, openly black, and there was my ex who was Arab undercover. I know. He was Arab undercover. I swiped right. I went on the date. I thought he was white. He wasn't. He was the original Tinder swindler. <laughs> His name was Hassan. There was no way I could have known. And <laughs> <laughs> The reason I didn't know, the reason I didn't realise is because he wasn't, like, technically white. He was sort of, like, off-white, spicy white. He was... Um, I think the phrase is white-passing. There's a very woke crowd, so some of you will know the term white-passing, but if you don't know it, it is a term for someone who has privilege but wants funding.
6: LAUGHTER
4: I used to identify as bisexual, but it's 2022, more research has been done, and I have realised I have a new gay variant. I am pansexual. Thank you, thank you! Pansexual, which doesn't mean, for those of you looking worried, that I like to fuck kitchen utensils. It just means that the gender of the genitals of the people that I choose to have sex with is not nearly as important as them not being a Tory. (laughs) start celebrating, let me tell you that Tories do not give a shit. There's a very trendy thing on the apps where people are like, sorry I don't date Tories, no I won't sleep with Tories, my boo can't be blue, and Tories do not care. You know why? Because Tories can fuck each other. No conservatives are going unshagged, there are more than enough girls called Philippa to go around. There's a lot of gammon-seeking gammon out there. A lot of ham on ham. The biggest shagger in the UK is called Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson. How did that happen? Call me Boris. Call me Boris, call me Boris Johnson. Bumbles around, impregnating women like a sort of promiscuous Paddington bear. Oh, sorry, sticky fingers. Boris Johnson is the only Prime Minister to use the pull-out method both for his sex partners and for Europe, and it's at a 0% success rate <laughs> both times. <laughs> Before I go, I want to tell you something about something that happened to me earlier this year when I decided to be a bisexual again, uh, but not with my sexuality, with geography. Um, I am openly black. I'm half from Ghana. Are we familiar with the country of Ghana? Yes, it's wonderful. It's in West Africa. The beaches are beautiful. The people are hospitable. And no one's even heard of Prissy Patel. But When I was there, I decided to do something that Prissy was not approve of. I decided to get a second passport. Ooh! I know. I decided to get a second passport because a Ghanaian passport is basically like a Nando's black card for all of West Africa. You get in everywhere. I was like, I'm going to be able to travel across the continent, explore my life, bish bash bosh, easy. But Sheffield, it was not easy. (laughs) One does not simply get a Ghanaian passport. One earns a Ghanaian passport through hours and hours of interviews, questioning and forms. And I don't know if there are any other comedians in the room, but if you are a comedian or a creative, you must never, ever tell anyone on a form what it is you actually do. (laughs) Say that you're a teacher. Say that you're a student. Say that you're a sex offender. Anything is better than say you're a comedian. But I forgot this golden rule. I got to the end of the queue. I spent the whole day in the Accra passport office. I got to the last person, ready to validate my Ghanaian passport. And heads up, guys, I'm about to do a Ghanaian accent, and I don't want you to be weird about it. (laughs) And up until this point, I've been doing a sort of posh London accent, which has made you think that I'm cheeky, but relatable. (laughs) I don't want you to go like, oh, is it Red Nose Day? Is she going to ask for five pounds a month? So I get to the last person in the queue to get my Ghanaian passport. And she says, okay, Sophie, so I've looked through all your paperwork, but before I give you your passport, there's just one more thing I need from you. And I say, what? And she says, before I give you your passport, you're going to have to tell me a joke.
6: <laughs>
4: Which is what is known in the biz as a dick move. <laughs> But it's fine. I'm a comedian. I have at least one joke, one clean joke. It's a knock-knock joke. It goes like this. If you know the answer, you can shout it out. Knock-knock. Who's there? Lettuce. Lettuce Let Let Lettuce in, and you'll find out. I know, I know. Is the best joke in the world. So, I'm going to tell this joke. At this point, the woman behind the desk is gearing up for like an Annette Hannah Gadsby moment in culture. She's got the other women in the guest ready. They're basically eating popcorn. I say, I've got a joke. She says, let's hear it. I say, knock, knock. She says, what is that? <laughs> this bitch. This Dusty bitch (laughs) is the only human being in the English-speaking world that has never heard of a knock (laughs) joke. But do I stop? Do I change tack? Do I just give her the bribe I know she wants? (sighs) I decide to choose this as a teachable moment. I say, oh, no, 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 you just have to say, who's there? We go again. I say, Knock, knock. She says, Who is at my door? (laughs) I say, Lettuce. She says, Nothing. (laughs) I say, Lettuce again. She says, Cabbage juice. (laughs) I say, because at this point there is nothing left to say. (laughs) Let us in. (laughs) Let us in. And you'll find out. (laughs) And she looks at me and she looks at the stack of paperwork, my life in her hands, and then she looks back at me and then she laughs and she says, shall we try and find you another profession? (laughs) you so much guys that's my time i've been the sex <laughs>
0: offender sophie <Duker>. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> everybody. catch her full hour sophie are you doing a full hour anywhere near sheffield anytime soon no see her on the television she's too famous <laughs> to even come back and tell you um i nearly got deported from sheffield once that story reminded me of i was listening backstage and i was like oh, my God, this so reminds me of this time where um, I... You know, I'm originally Australian. Um, Okay, Is that another Australian wooing there? You're just a big fan? Australian, Okay, Um, And uh, I lost my um, Australian passport that had my indefinite leave to remain in it. It was before I had a British passport. And uh, for some reason, the Home Office in London were on strike or something. And uh, it was... And before, before they had the worst boss in the world, even. I don't know. And then... I had to come up on a train to Sheffield and the place in Sheffield, I don't know if anyone's been there, it's like a place on the wire that they'd they'd take you to have you killed. (laughs) Has anyone been to that Sheffield place? Yeah, where you get passports and stuff? It's very frightening. It's like down the back of a car park down an alley or something like that and the security is like four times that of any airport and I went in and I had to prove I hadn't left Britain for more than two years in a row since I'd been living here so you can't go out for two years and come back in. So I had all of this proof, and the lady went, um, oh, see, the trouble is, you can rent a flat, you can have a job, you can, you know, but because you haven't got had have a full-time job, you, you know, you can't really prove that you've been here. And she was so nice about it. She just said, I couldn't prove I haven't left the country for two years and I've been here all my life. And she said, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to deport you. Um, she said, she did. She was so lovely about it. She said, but the weather in Australia this time of year is really lovely. And she said, um, I'll have to put you on a plane immediately. We'll take you from here so you won't have any luggage. But don't worry, we won't charge you for the ticket until you get there. I was like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? And I was like, but I would have no life there. I live here. I'm married here. And she went, mm, yes, it's very difficult. And I said, yes, no. She said, what will I do? She said, well, you have to start the process again from Australia. It'll probably take a year or two. And I was like, oh, my God. And uh, my publicist had told me that they like uh, everyone likes show business, she'd said. And there was a, uh, so I had an Edinburgh Festival brochure. And I hadn't bothered to take it out because I thought the Edinburgh Festival brochure is full of illegal Australians who are doing like an hour of comedy and juggling in Edinburgh. I was like, there's no way she's going to give a fuck about that. But I had nothing left. I was a about to be deported. So I pulled it out and said oh this is a shame because I'm uh, about to perform at the Edinburgh Festival and I opened it and my producer had taken out a quarter page ad so I had a big Picture of my face, so she went. Oh, you're a comedian! You're a comedian! We've never had a comedian before. Um, We've had loads of footballers. Um, We've had a pop star. Not allowed to say who it is. Craig McLaughlin. And uh, (laughs) but we've never, we've never had a comedian. Mary, we've never had a comedian, have we? Have we had a comedian? We've never had a comedian. Come and have a look. We've got a comedian. And then she said, Do you know that Al Murray? and I went, yeah, she went you know we all she said we all went out on a work trip to see that Al Murray pub landlord do you know that Al Murray pub landlord I said I do actually know that Al Murray pub landlord yeah he's a mate of mine I mean at this point Al Murray could have barely picked me out of a police line up but he wasn't there and she said well there's nothing more British than knowing Al Murray pub landlord is there I see no reason why you can't stay and stamped it <laughs> <laughs> they've got too much power They've got too much power, but it, that is, it is very arbitrary, and it's like they've got to have a reason to let you stay, and you know, they've got a quota to fill. It would be wonderful if that woman were in tonight, because you saved, you saved my life. That was way before I started The Guild Feminist. Is she in? No. She's out seeing Al Murray <laughs> Hello, Guilty feminists. This is Deborah. Our UK tour is concluding on the 16th of June in Newcastle and on the 17th of June in Manchester, both with Alison Spittle, Kima Bob and Celia AB. And we're in Glasgow on the 18th of June with Josie Long. We're building up to our seventh birthday show at the Hammersmith Apollo on the 1st of October with some very special guests, so don't miss out on that. Also, we are in Australia and New Zealand in July. We will be in Adelaide. Perth, Canberra, Melbourne, Christchurch, Auckland, Wellington and Sydney. Get your tickets now and we've just added a date in Belfast on the 14th of October at the Ulster Hall. Tickets on sale now for Kima Bob's Fock It Up Comedy Club, that's Fock as in Femmes of Colour. That will be at 21 Soho every Sunday from the 19th of June and it will be a new podcast from the House of the Guilty Feminist. The online Big Speeches workshop To Enhance Your Confidence, we'll be on the 26th of June with Jessica Regan. And you can join our Patreon to get ad-free apps, monthly Zoom hangouts with me and much more. If you could rate, review, subscribe, follow, do all of these things, it would really, really help the podcast. For details about all of these things and to book tickets, go to guiltyfeminist.com. And now, back to the podcast.
1: From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
2: Moonpig.com
3: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: for the second half of The Guilty Feminist. Woo! So please welcome Deborah Frances white Woo! That's me. Please welcome me. Hello, hello, hello. Are you having a lovely night out of The Guilty Feminist? Yeah! Have you noticed that I've got tailored under the, under the front? I've gone, for a, I've gone for a second look. Do you feel like you've got your money's worth more there? Yes? you come along, sir? have you come alone oh i know who you've come with have you come with one of our guests are you the partner of one of our guests are you married to one of our guests not yet tonight might be the night you propose when you see her up here in all her firmness glory you might be like i can't stand it any longer please marry me that's just a suggestion you don't need to take all suggestions on board consent is important Please don't propose to anyone up here, anybody, unless you really want to. But it would be a remarkable thing for the podcast. It it would do a lot for our listening figures. Is what I'm saying. So it's just a suggestion. You, you do you. Which, which, which are you with? Okay, I know, I know which one. It's just, it's just between me and him. For the rest of you, it'll be will be on tent talks. You don't know which one he's going to propose to. It's so exciting! <laughs> Bachelorette number one, number two, or number three? Only he and I know which one. Um, yeah. Is it is it going well? How long have you been together? Seven months. It's too early to propose sir. <laughs> if, you're jumping the gun, if you don't mind me saying. I don't want to. I don't want to put you off, but I am saying think it through. If I were her, I'd say no. And then it's going to get awkward up here, but it will do a lot for my listening figures. So I would still be up. In fact, anything more, more a, re- a proposal rejection would do. Is, is anyone is anyone here in, uh, tonight thinking about proposing? Just give us a cheer if you're thinking about proposing. Are we your Hindu? Oh my God! What a righteous Hindu! I'm loving this. A I, yeah, I'm, a podcast for my I'm a feminist but ba- I'm at a feminist podcast for my Hindu. I love you guys. I hope yeah. I hope at least you're really drunk. Are you very drunk? Yes, okay. I thought <laughs> so we should get you a bottle of something. I'm gonna get you I'm gonna go back to the dressing room and get you a bottle of something. Aww. Have you got glasses? You should have paper because of the environment. Gonna, how many other of you? Wow. Oh, I, can, I don't know if I can bring that many cups. <laughs> I was going to bring the cups as well. I'll just bring the bottle. Been told by the that the minutes Pass it on! Then leave! <laughs> um, we, the bouncer... This is so fucking Sheffield, this is. <laughs> A lovely audience member's come in, approached the stage and said... A bouncer, a bouncer at a feminist podcast has... Why is there a bouncer? Has told me the bar is closing in 15 minutes. Pass it on. So now I'm passing on to my audience. I mean, fuck off for the first 15 minutes of the, of, of, of the second act. Miss Jessica Foster Q entirely. I mean, listen, let's nominate someone to go on a run. I mean, you, sir, you're really only here to see your partner. (laughs) Let's be honest. You're not enjoying any of this, especially the parts where I talk to you and make direct eye contact for elongated periods of time, sir, are you? What's your name? Adam. Adam. You're not enjoying any of this. I don't know why you're sitting in the front row, and I really don't know why you can't break my gaze. (laughs) If you only looked down, I'd get the hint, back off. But you can't. It's like a rabbit in the headlights. So, Adam, we can only conclude it's your own fault. Now... If anyone would like a drink, put an order in with Adam. (laughs) Adam, I'll give you my debit card. We'll make this work. Okay. Adam is showing no signs of feminism here. (laughs) No signs of... See, a feminist man would be like, I will be an ally. I will go and get those drinks for any feminists that need them. Poor Adam. Poor Adam. Poor Adam. Poor Adam. Adam. What was that? What, what? Where are the three gay Michaels? They're in Dublin. If you on your feminist hen night were hoping for the three gay Michaels, you are so drunk, you don't know they only appear in Dublin when we say three gay Michaels three times into a mirror. Um, but I will get you... The bar's closing in 15 minutes, hen night. I'll tell you what, I'll only allow the hen, one representative of the hen night out. Everyone else should stay because you're here for feminism. They are here for, frankly drunkenness and but I love I feel we should put on a stripper or something Adam (laughs) poor Adam he's come to support his partner as a feminist local guest (laughs) leave him alone he doesn't know the show he doesn't want to know the show now have you ever heard the podcast Adam you have do you listen regularly (laughs) no it's a brave man so that's so quickly? No. <laughs> you you listened once and thought it's not for me, and yet you've come and sat in the front row. like, look, I've got to get the, on with this fucking show. Or we'll be overrunning. I'm so sorry, but you've been too much fun. Okay, all right. Are you ready for your? Are you ready to see Jessica Foster? Do some stand-up. <laughs> then put your ass together and make a grandiose whoa-ho noises for the one and the only, the hench, the wench, Jessica Foster. <laughs>
5: isn't it um uh, um I was b- I was born here um, um, <laughs> not like here Ugh. um a no, no, long time ago um so I've I was born here you can't let me die here you have to laugh at everything um we've all had an extraordinary amount of change over the last few years I say I've had a particularly epic amount of change um about three years ago I managed to um leave a nine-year relationship um Thank you. I love the feminist assumption. That's a good thing. Um, No, it it was. It was done. It was done. It was dust, crumbs, not even the ghost of a friendship left in there. Um, uh, uh, But it's hard, isn't it, to leave a nine-year relationship because everything's tangled up by nine years. All my finances were tangled up with him. My living situation was tangled up with him. I'd had a kid with him. Leaving him also involved leaving my sexuality as I then knew it. Um, uh, I mean, all my social life was tangled up with him. Work stuff was tangled up with him. Still, I managed to leave that relationship. Why can't I leave a WhatsApp group? (laughs) I am in all of them. I'm definitely in some with you. I don't know how to get out of them. Nine years, though, fuck. I mean, the dating scene had thoroughly changed in nine years. Um, Gone entirely online. Um, which, I I mean, expected it to go a bit more online. That's obviously the way the world's going, but I didn't expect 100%. That's what I didn't expect because there's some very young people in there I can see, and and you might not know, but but in the olden days, if you met your partner online, you were quite strange. (laughs) Um, But now, that's the law. You're not actually allowed to do it in real life, IRL. If you dare to approach a stranger face-to-face and say, please, may I fancy you... (laughs) they're allowed to ring the police. You've got to meet online. That's the law. You meet online now. Um, and you've got to be ever so confident. You've got to have a full photograph exhibition of yourself looking f- f- fit and f- full of hobbies. <laughs> uh, you've, got, you've got to have a CV, a pithy, pithy CV. <laughs> Fuck that. It's hard. It's ever so hard. And, and you've just got to be so, so confident about, like... All these sexy intentions. <laughs> I find confidence around sexy intentions awkward, embarrassing. I've got friends so confident in their sexy sex intentions, they tell me sometimes to their partner they do a sexy dance. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Fuck
5: off! <laughs> in real life? <laughs> yeah, sure, it happens in films and probably France. <laughs> a normal mortal begin with that (laughs) don't patronise me I had the confidence when it comes to that stuff with Gen Zers. I've got two Gen Z sisters, half sisters, and they are awesome. They're legends. One of my sisters has just started university, obviously last September. Before she went, we went for lunch, and I genuinely—I found myself such a creepy, creepy aunt of a sister. I went, "So, are you um seeing anyone?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm oh, sorry, mate. I can't believe I said that. But are you seeing anyone? And she went, "No." How cool is this, right? Like 19, she went, I find boys my age pathetic.
6: <laughs>
5: I know. She went, I'm just gonna have a, like a hot girl summer. <laughs> a hot girl summer. <laughs> what is that?
6: <laughs>
5: I'm a feminist, but that sounds exhausting. <laughs> does it, the, uh, what does it does it mean you have to dress up? Fuck, man. I think I'm gonna. I like to achieve my goals. I'm gonna aim for a warm woman spring. <laughs> and I wanted to be honest in my dating, like I. Um, but I also wanted to get laid. Um, <laughs> so how do you do that? You know, it, it, the honest truth is I have a young kid and I'm a stand-up comedian. But I, I want people to choose me. I want, you know, I want to be wanted. You, you want to be swiped? <laughs> I can tell I wasn't brilliant on the apps. Is it right? (laughs) I wanted to be chosen, but how do you be honest about your life and still make yourself, when you've got my life, um, and and make yourself sound like a catch? Do you know what I mean? I've got a little kid. I'm available for sexy dates between 9am and (laughs) 3pm. I like long, lazy mornings, but for the next 16 years, they're fucked. Uh, My lexicon is so sanitised by parenthood that the other night, instead of saying goodbye to a taxi driver, I went None night sleep well. <laughs> he hated that. And the biggest slap around the face that I got that dating was going to be different this time round was this. So um, <laughs> Historically, whenever I've been single, I've really enjoyed f- f- putting it about. <laughs> Absolutely no shame in that. Borderline pride, Sheffield. Um, no, no, no one was harmed in the making of that fun. Yum, yum, in my... <laughs> vagina Um, but it's meant that once or twice in my life I've had to make that awkward but responsible phone call and go oh god one of us has given the other one some kind of STI (laughs) it's (laughs) eggy isn't it but it's the only grown up thing to do I've had to like well this time round I genuinely (laughs) had to call someone at one point and go I'm I'm so sorry but I'm pretty confident I've given you (laughs) (laughs) nits. Yeah. she's the one I'm engaged to now so that's nice um, <laughs> thanks I mean yeah I was going well, sort of to maybe I was going to talk about pubes but maybe we'll just talk about gay stuff shall we <laughs> bit of fun isn't it I've realised I've got an extraordinary amount of privilege uh, meeting my queerness in, in my like adulthood I, I, because I've, I've realised it only in doing it in the sense that I assume if you meet your queerness as a child, like under 30, um, <laughs> or, or as an actual child, um, it must be much harder, I think, because your whole self-worth value, all of that hinges, doesn't it, on um, how respected you feel you are by the people around you, your peers and your family and that. Whereas um, once you're in my age, you <laughs> like, you can disown me if you want, Uncle John. can not give a fuck.
6: <laughs> oh,
5: I'll be honest, John, it's always been a chore. <laughs> if you could do me a solid and boot me out the WhatsApp group, I would be delighted. <laughs> um... You just care less, don't you, about other people's opinion of you, and I think that gives you a, a huge coup. Um, I've realised I've had to face very little oppression. I've realised I've been incredibly privileged to be able to ride on the coattails of the activism and sacrifice of amazing LGBT plus pioneers of um, history. Um, and I feel it, just incredibly lucky on that score. Um, uh, I haven't even really sort of pinned down an identity label. I, I've tried, but um, I hadn't realised how spicy they all were, um, <laughs> h- how contentious they were. You, uh, and also, when you're new to something, you're like, you don't know what you've got ownership of, do you? So I just sort of tried them on, tried on bisexual, try, tried on sort of pansexual, but I tried on pansexual on a Radio 4 show, and um, I, I received a quite a lot of information via Twitter that I had single-handedly erased bisexuality. Um and i i, I, I don 't know if you 've ever felt um, simultaneous sadness, shame, and incredible power <laughs> um, but that was very confusing um, and then I thought maybe I could just no, I just won't have an identity I well, thought that's quite disrespectful isn't it to all the people who've died in the cause of equality for queer people that's not really odd maybe I'll just describe myself as swings always or um, potentially liable to fancy literally fucking anyone um, but um, I think we can all agree that makes me sound even less discerning than we've already established that I aren't um, so in the end I've gone for queer um, which seems fine doesn't it it's nice but the only problem with queer is I've only just persuaded the boomers in my life to stop using that one as a slur <laughs> (laughs) And actually, I have a wave of sympathy for them because they're like, oh, fuck off. (laughs) It's taken me a decade to train myself out of that one and now you're picking that back up at you. Back up at the gutter, is it? That one. And back in my mouth. Really? And fair enough, actually, because they do. I can see the sort of tension and the agony of these people who are trying to keep up with linguistic kindness. And it is a motherfucking minefield out there, isn't it? There's no way I'm not fucking that up in the future. There's no, 100% in the future, my son is calling me out. I have a vision, a premonition, a horrible nightmare forward of him at some point in the future going, Oh my God, did you just hear my mum? She just said neurodivergent. What a prick. <laughs> it's absolutely happening, isn't it? That's happening. No, the most depression I've had to face is a little bit of um, disbelief and a little bit of uh, sort of overt curiosity. Um, the disbelief, weirdly, has come from my whole gaze, um, <laughs> who I, I think sometimes there's a, there's a misconception that people um, can't swing always. And that actually, if you meet your you, you if you just if you yourself, she's doing she's saying she's bisexual before she realizes she's a whole gay. Um, That says, no, I'm afraid, no, sorry, it's a thing, it's a thing. I couldn't be more in lust and in love with my girlfriend, but the other day I drove past a man and nearly crashed my car. Uh, I told her about it, obviously I said about it, and she, in a very casual way, was like, what did he look like? Uh, And I was like, well, the worst thing about it was he actually looked like a weapon. (laughs) he looked like an absolute bell end. he's taking his t-shirt off and he's sort of carrying it like that (laughs) Um, but he just had a lovely front Um, he had a very lovely he had something about his front it was physiological it wasn't voluntary and she was like oh right I was like yeah don't worry about it I didn't want to drink with him I didn't want to go I didn't want to get to know I didn't want to chat I'd have probably been finding no kissing Um, (laughs) But it's a thing you can... I think you can swing away, but the curiosity's been interesting. I've had more than one friend, when I stand dating a woman, um, so sort of very confidently, often in large groups, including children, say to me, oh, right, I mean, what do you actually do? <laughs> in 2022, <clears throat> asking that. I mean, they have got the internet. <laughs> this begs so many questions, doesn't it? There's so many problems with that question in 2022. One... No straight person's ever been asked it ever, have they? Can you imagine a straight person saying their friend, I'll start seeing someone new and their first question being, oh, tell me exactly how you fuck. <laughs> That's just not how it goes, is it? The next question they ask, which is terrifying, is if she needs to ask that, what is going on in her straight bedroom? <laughs> she can't work it out. Is her husband going up and going like that. And she's going, did you just try and kiss me? <laughs> Ugh. Just put the dick in. <laughs> At the moment, that bit of material is more fun for me to do than it is for you to receive. Um, <laughs> a bit like, all oh, that straight sex. Um, <laughs> but my favourite thing is what the fuck thought has she put into it if she can't work it out? What do you actually do? What could she possibly think two women do when they get in the sack? Does she think we just sort of stand there? <laughs> Sort of forlornly, sort of
7: slowly to sort of take off our clothes
5: and sort of miserably look down at where, where Willie still hasn't grown. <laughs> mm. Mm. I still haven't got one. Oh no, have you? Have you? No. Oh, no, no, Probably better just hold hands again. If you want, maybe I could try and do a dance now. Every time when I start these gigs, they're so nice. I look at the time, and then I look again, and I think, I've forgotten what, it, forgotten what it said the first time. Earlier today, I'm a feminist, but earlier today, um, all the other, um, like regular women on the bill on this leg of the tour, all went for a lovely spa together. And now I'm a feminist, but I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna do a bit of work in a calf. <laughs> <laughs> Is that funny? Like, I don't think I'm t- like wired right when it comes to self-care. I find it exhausting. I will tell you what makes me feel relaxed: a, a finished deadline. <laughs> 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 what shit life. <laughs> I don't quite know what's wrong. Do you know, I miss the days when self-care was something celebrities did and normal people used as a euphemism for a (laughs) wang. There's so much fucking pressure on us now to constantly be caring for the self. (laughs) I've got shit to do. I'm not good at the ways in which are popular of it as well. Meditation made me angrier. (laughs) It turns out, if you've got time to meditate, you're not the one who needs it. (laughs) And I'm, I'm who needs it. Like, let's not pretend I'm not a woman on the edge. <laughs> I need it. I've got a very busy head. I'm very, very, constantly overdoing it. Constantly got very full, overly full life. I've too much on my to-do list, isn't it? I'm, constantly, I'm running off, running around all the time. got a hundred things to do. Never not knackered. Always fucking knackered. But I worked out. All the time I was meditating, I could have been asleep. <laughs> and what is meditation if not a torturous tantric nap? <laughs> Unless you get so close to the thing you need. But you're not allowed to actually have it. (laughs) When has that ever helped? Anything? Oh, someone's hungry, are they? Make them go near to pizza. (laughs) It'll make it worse. Also, I don't want to go into the dream state that meditation takes you in, doesn't it? Into a sort of like limbo state of absolute sort of open-minded career. I don't want to go into a dream state because I've got confession. My dreams are shit. (laughs) I've got shit boring dreams. People tell me they've got dreams where their teeth fall out, where they're falling. Some people come in their dreams. <gasps> Mine are just a sort of Sims activation of tomorrow's to-do list. <laughs> I'm a comedian. They're meant to be more interesting than that. I, I, I get my phone out during my dreams. They're shit. My dreams are shit. The only time I've ever had a vaguely left brain dream was when on my to-do list for the next day was to buy spoons, big spoons. <laughs> out <coughs> the no, window into the glamour. I need big spoons. And in my dream, instead of buying big spoons in a shop, um, I was doing some cooking and just using my arm like that. Ow! <laughs> <How> we ow! <laughs> <Ooh! sniffs> ow!
6: Ow! <laughs> that didn't even
5: happen. I've had to make that up. In the
8: real dream, I just went to IKEA!
5: <laughs> Miserable.
0: You've been a delight, thank you. <clears throat> Jessica Foster Q, everybody! She's born! Lovely. Jessica Foster Q where are we going here? Well you uh, yeah, you sit there up um, the wherever please. you like, wherever you like. Um uh, do you, are you coming to Sheffield with a wench? Yes. When um, and when? when? Um, I've got a new show called Wench and I'm bringing it here in September. Yeah. To, to in the, this venue? No, to the Lead Mill. Yeah. Come, come, come. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. Don't cheer so loudly for another venue in this venue. It'll hurt its feelings. No, we need to save it, Debs. We need to save it. It's in a pickle. It's like one of the oldest, most amazing venues oh, ever. Oh, old it's in and, and a amazing and we need to save it. It's going to die. Yeah. Okay. This venue now goes out in solidarity to that venue when we're fine. Yeah. Um, okay, but I do, I do want th- the
5: same bouncer that sends people to bar when the show's on to be... Yeah, that's...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can we have the best... Of- can we see if, we, if feminism can get this bottle of wine to the hens? So we're going to try and pass it back. We want as many feminists as possible in the chain to the hens. Okay. Or, because of COVID, maybe we should just get the bride to come on the stage. Okay. Um, we're going to do some stuff about food banks. This is the most tenuous link ever. We're giving you a bottle of wine.
5: Wine banks.
0: Wine banks. Wine banks. Are you ready to come down? Is the bride ready to come Daddy down? Happy wine banks. What, what's For happening? Money. Is she coming? Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she is coming. She's okay.
2: Yes. Happy. They are marrying a cisgendered
0: white man in three weeks' time. Yay! And this is a beautiful dress. Okay, do you want to come and have a picture? Okay, we'll do okay. a picture. <laughs> Jessica, you sit in the middle. We'll sit on the I, either side. Yeah. There we go. I think you're going to be fine at being a bride. <laughs> I think you're going to very much enjoy the day. Okay, so you hold the wine, and then Hens, can you take pictures? Do you want to get closer? Okay. Do to get closer hens? No, they're not bothered. They're terrible hens. <laughs> they're like, we've got, we, get, we got, it her from here.
7: Oh, You two are my and my
2: are alive. I'm gonna cry. Oh. Oh. You two, seriously, you two do so much. I am not We don't.
5: We, don't, we don't. don't do. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I do yeah. PE, and I just like chip in with really you silly stuff. That's
6: really
5: yeah. So, yeah, he was, yeah sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. Oh, there.
6: Yeah. In the queer.
5: Yeah, in the queer. That's it. Que- uh,
0: <laughs> you're out there in the queer. This queer. is poetical.
5: Yeah. This is drunkenly
0: poetical. It's like that Nadine oh. Dorry okay. speech, So, okay, let's it, do there, a picture. Change of sexuality. Okay. Picture.
5: It's all... Oh, you
0: look like you're my child. Yes. You get access to the tennis yes. pitch. Yes. Okay, ready? Okay. And you can play your
5: exercises.
2: <laughs> out in the queer... My young t- sister's so fucking high, and I hate it, she's just so oh, hot, so are
8: you. You're both hot. Come on. She's my younger sister, but she's my bigger sister because she's like seven foot tall.
0: <laughs> Great. She's so
8: hot. She's got like 1,000 so million super. Instagram followers, and I'm
0: not even on Instagram because I don't understand it. I don't even have WhatsApp because I don't understand it. This is a lot like being in a ladies' bathroom in here. Yeah. Yeah. It like, is, isn't it? I yeah. love you, and you're seven foot tall. <laughs> I am my sister. Is this weird? Yeah. I'm yeah, on
2: the sofa right now with Deborah Francis is and Jessica Foster-Jones. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs>
0: it's possible that one of us is dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I'm, it's
5: all happening. It's very literal. Yeah, no. Uh, it's not Jess foster Q
0: dreaming because she would be yeah, dreaming about no going, to, going, going to the post office. Yeah. Yeah. Can, oh. I, um,
5: can I practice my
8: speech? Because I'm getting married in three weeks' time. Yeah. Awesome. I, mean,
0: right. I, I mean, why not? So,
8: I'll practice. So, the opening line for my speech, but I'm open to positive criticism. Okay.
6: So, the opening line for my speech, what's your budget?
8: uh, I'm a feminist, but I wrote this speech and I considered letting a man read it for me. (laughs)
6: Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. That's a banger. That's
5: a banger. That's a banger.
0: Yeah, rock-solid gold, Though I
2: am sat on a sofa next to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm much
0: more accessible than you think. I've wildly overestimated how accessible I am. Honestly, listen, later on, I'll be down West Street. Any of you can sit next to me on the sofa. Um, OK, I'm going to... OK,
5: now, we've, we've got to crack on with the show because we've got guests, but... Oh, great, it was so nice to meet you.
0: Merry Christmas. <laughs> but well, she's Just gone immediately I was going to say do you want a quick photo in the cape
6: oh god okay.
0: yeah I want one for my wedding okay Despicable oh. Daisy Island sorry okay this has gone horribly wrong Deborah's checking what she looks like in the picture <laughs> and that's feminism yeah okay thank you <laughs>
5: Don't though, because you got the wedding and that.
0: Can I have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Can I have my cloak back? My cloak back? Only because, Deborah? only because I've got a full tour to do. <laughs> Otherwise, I would. I promise, if this was the last night, I'd give it to you. Deborah, you. Do you. You're cute. Uh, listen. You a big round of applause for Keely, everybody. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. And if you do have a hen night coming up, keep the Guilty Feminist tour in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? I Imagine hope if that's Deborah's going down the jongleur's route now with marketing <laughs> for the. <laughs> I think. Uh, listen, I think we could do worse than than Guilty Feminist hen nights. Yeah, we can't always
5: just um, play to the converted. Is that the phrase? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Listen, we need to just take this show to Portsmouth. Oh, I've got, I, I can't, I, I, listen, do you know what? I always say, you know, every town is a different, you know, like Dublin brings a rock concert to yeah. the Guilty Feminist. When you go to Manchester, it's a festival, Newcastle, it's a riot, etc. Do you know what I always say about Portsmouth? It's a hen night. It is, it is. It's like, the show is like a hen night. Um, whereas Sheffield... It's like a
5: dream come true. but not one of mine but not one of mine an exciting one excellent
0: I find Sheffield oscillates uh, between 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 a writer's comedy club and a TED talk it's they've come they've come for they've come for which actually is
5: our dream audience it is actually yeah Yeah.
0: it's actually yeah it's true Um, clever but hammered (laughs) (laughs) we we (laughs) clever but Hamilton clever but hammered oh I thought you said Hamilton no
5: that's a different a great show but yeah, yeah. Um.
0: Hamilton meets the Guilty Feminist yeah. I could write that I absolutely couldn't Hubris but it's the kind of thing a man would say so I'm saying it was, you know <laughs> yeah I could fucking write that um, we've qu- got to bring our guests on yeah, soon because we we've pe- yeah. taken our banter time oh, no. up by doing something that. way better than our banter which was that which was Keely's wedding <laughs> Keely Keely you are going to be so famous in Sheffield for the next week um <laughs> You're not going to be able to go anywhere, I'm telling you. Uh, so, but before we bring the guests on, I'm going to ask you, uh, Jess Fusterkew, do you enjoy food?
5: Yes.
0: Do you have a podcast about food? Yes, about eating it. What is the fun podcast called? It's called, called Hoovering. Um, tell me the funnest thing you've learnt, or one of the fun things you've learnt on Hoovering. Give us
5: a cheer if you like mushrooms.
0: Woo! <laughs> really? You might already know this, and if you don't already know this,
5: this is how to make mushrooms even mushroomier than normal mushrooms. When you fry them, fry them dry because they're full of water. All mushrooms. Oh. Wait until they're like hissing, and it means all and steaming, and all the water inside the mushrooms is gone. And then add fat, butter, oil, whatever it is you like most, and then
0: they'll be the nicest mushrooms you've ever had. Ooh, thank you very much. Thank you. So welcome. Um, have Have you ever, Jessica Foster Q, done anything regarding food in your community? I yes. ask, knowing full well that you have. Yes. Otherwise, it would be an awkward question if you had to just go, no, I've selfishly just eaten all the food and I've not shared with anybody.
5: I've done some, I did
0: some volunteering for food banks. Um, and um, You told Keely you did nothing. But turns out, yeah. you're just a very modest, giving woman. Well, I say that, I,
5: I found it a selfish act. Did you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Why? How I did you turn you major, working
5: for uh, f- it, it was in lockdowns. I got to go out. I got legit time away from a child.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: I got to meet incredible people doing it, like the people who are actually organizing things. I was just ferrying mm. stuff around. Yeah. Um, and I got stories and company again. Yeah. And that, to me, is incredibly valuable. And yes. that, in turn, brought my chunks back of my sanity. And um, worse than all of that, in terms of selfishness, if they kept giving me food. <laughs> Okay, Jess, not you're way? not
0: meant to take food from a food bag. I if get you're volunteering saying I don't no. want
5: it. And they said, no, we're giving all the volunteers a bag as well this week. And it's very hard to say no to food. <laughs> no, I don't mean. I just mean it felt rude to
0: say. Oh, that. I see, yes. Because they're saying, no, it's no, no, no it's part of it, it's yeah. important community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about taking and you And you can't
5: siphon it off into the people you're delivering to stuff because that's been very fairly distributed. Right, okay. So it was a gift. And right. sp- it's like saying, no, I don't want your gift. Yeah. Keep your smelly gift. And actually, yeah, so. But um, I did, I was like, God, I am getting more out of this than I'm in. Um, well, that's a great advertisement time. to to
0: uh, to start uh, volunteering in a food bank. Yeah. Let us talk to our local Sheffield guests. Our first guest today uh, is the innovation manager for Good Food Barnsley, a partnership community interest company working to build a better Barnsley where everyone has the right to the food they need to thrive. As she says, Good Food Barnsley is in the process of setting up an enhanced community food hub in the north area of Barnsley. Please welcome to the stage the incredible Amy Calvert. Hello, Amy. Welcome. Come take a seat. Thank you so much. Our next guest is a mental health recovery worker and founder of a local food bank that provided a lifeline to vulnerable families during the pandemic. She is now standing for local councillor in her area. And you'll find out what area that is, so you can vote for her to promote a strong recovery from the pandemic that leaves no one behind. She was recently unanimously elected the first female vice-chair of Sheffield Pakistan Muslim Centre and is committed to increasing the transparency and accountability of the organisation. Please welcome to the stage, Nikhat Basharat. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> it's hard to know in that times of COVID, isn't it? It's hard so to know what polite. to do. We decided on a squeeze.
5: Earlier, someone went to fist bump me and I just cuddled it. <laughs> <laughs> I went in like with a claw. That thing like, sort of patted all around it. That happens in Get Out. Went to when it. Uh,
0: he does, goes to do the fist bump and the other guy goes... And then he knows. But that's, but that, uh, that person's... I don't h- any of these words, man. Yeah. <laughs> Our third guest is a writer, reader, activist and journalist... Uh, most recently, her short stories have appeared in publications such as Test Signal by Bloomsbury Books and Where We Find Ourselves. Uh, she is the guest curator at Off the Shelf, Sheffield's literary festival, and she's the founding member of the Black Artists Collective of Sheffield, curator and writer for Dig Where You Stand, a project concerned with repertory justice through reimagining the archive. Put your hands together and make incredible noise! noises for Desiree Reynolds! <laughs> Hello, hello. Okay. So, hello, darling. Three incredible feminists. Oh, before we start, yeah, go on. Uh-oh. I've got some. I've got something to share with uh, Laura. Oh, is yes. Laura still here? Yes, is Laura. St- I hope she is. <laughs> I hope she's not left to find out more about physicists. Laura, um, Clara Nellist,
8: particle physicist at the Hadron Collider. <gasps> And she's Woo! great. Okay. You can
0: contact her on Twitter. She's, Amazing. A, she's absolutely
8: brilliant, and she's got like the kind of female collective of scientists at the Collider. So Amazing.
0: that's a great one. That's a great one. Laura, are you are you on for that? Yeah, I Excellent. <laughs> What's the name? What's
8: her name? Clara
0: Nellis. Clara Nellis. Clara Nellis. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. That's really lovely. Have you brought anything for Keely? She's getting no. married. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> apart from warning. I don't know, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Have you brought the message from the future, don't do it? Well, well, all she said is, well, well. Okay, all right. Hmm. Listen, Keely, you definitely go through with it because you're going to have an amazing party, if nothing else. Now, you can always get out of it. Um, I'm sure you won't want to. It'll all be fine. We're cursing it. Oh, God. Okay, so Amy, let's start with you. Um, you are doing this incredible uh, Good Food Project. Can you tell us what is the difference between a community food hub, an enhanced community food hub and a food
9: bank? Yeah, sure. So basically, obviously, people accessing a Food Bank are accessing it at a point of crisis. Um, So traditionally speaking, the cupboards are empty at home. Quite often, food bank access has become heavily stigmatised. People feel it's not for them. Their situation isn't as bad as other people's. Um, So there's obviously quite a lot of problems with uh, with that model. And there's a real gap between people that access a food bank versus people that access mainstream food provision. Mm -hmm. So Tesco's, wherever you go and do your shopping. Um, And there's increasing popularity in what are called affordable food clubs now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trying to set one of those up uh, in the northeast area of Barnsley in an area called Shafton. Um, and... There's a Shefton local <laughs> in there. Have
0: you slept from Shefton? Yes, they've slept she- they've from Shefton. You've now got a job. You've, you're helping with the community food hub. It's local to you. Just give us a cheer if you're up for that. Okay. I think they're drunk. Think but it's, we'll, just the hen, it's just that hangover We'll get again. their emails, we'll make them do it, we'll make them follow through. They'll wake up with a hangover and a full-time job. Continue.
9: <laughs> oh, baby. Essentially, what I'm trying to set set up is it's a membership scheme where people can access food um, for a low-cost weekly um, membership cost of £6 a week. With that, they should walk away with about £30 worth of food each week. That's fantastic. Um,
5: And and that's... I I want to understand... Yeah. (laughs) That's Um, a great idea. But, I mean... uh, How do you make that work, other than... Magic. Like how, part, what, part how of it is accessing. It? Right. So,
9: um, Good Food Bansley has four uh, board members. One of which is the CEO for Fair Share Yorkshire. So, okay. Fair Share is a redistribution of surplus food uh, from supermarkets. So, it might be that somebody's over ordered on chopped tomatoes for the local Tesco's, and that food gets intercepted and goes to Fair Share. So, we get some food from them. Yeah. Um, they'll also be accessing, you know, through wholesalers, but also. Uh, I'm trying to access like the local growing network and things as well. So quite often allotments have a glut of apples or carrots or whatever so they've so been amazing. growing. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we can get them interested as well. But it's not just about membership for products. It's not just about the food that they get. We know that food insecurity is a slice of a much bigger problem of poverty in general in the UK and globally. Um, so it's about supporting that person through a creation of holistic support that is building communities as well. Mm-hmm. Particularly through COVID, a lot of people have been really isolated. Um, so it's about creating a natural convening space, and food can be that convener. I really love food, but it becomes a bit of a privilege to be a foodie. Yeah. Um, and we should all be able to enjoy food and cooking and all of the related practices that come with it. Yep. It shouldn't just be about food as calories, which for all of the good work that food banks do, that yep. is what it's reduced down to. You're given a bag of food and it's intended it's to last fuel. three days it's food as fuel exactly mm-hmm. whereas you might sit at home and have a family dinner and you sit and you talk about your days and it's that bringing together our commensality side of food that's really important and it gets overlooked when um, your financial means are, are less than mm-hmm. others yeah
0: well, that sounds like an incredible scheme. Do you need volu- volunteers and do you need donations?
9: Volunteers would be wonderful. Yes, please. Would you rather
0: have food donated or money?
9: Um, both is is lovely. Um, largely money, just for the fact that obviously that your know, food donations. Ideally, I'd redirect them to a food bank, and I do work really closely with the Barnsley Food Bank Partnership. Um, so can people do a direct debit to you, something like that? They can. You can get all of the information on our website, which is and You can also follow on Twitter at goodfoodbans
0: Great. Um, and that brings me uh, to Nagat. Now, Nagat, you were doing, uh, during the pandemic, uh, a food bank. And you were saying backstage that um, often people only donate the most you know, obvious things like tins of tomatoes and the most dull things, but sometimes you like to make sure families have treats. Could you tell us more about
10: that? Um, Again, uh, with the food bank, it was my... uh, I've never, ever uh, saw a food bank or got involved with a food bank till actually uh, the pandemic. Um, And if it's okay, just to let you know that... There was a couple of... uh, service users I was supporting and uh, one of them had mental health issues and uh, the other one with a, blue, uh, a rare blood disorder called thalassemia. So because uh, of the uh, the COVID-19, the biggest thing I was concerned, you know, how they're going to be taking this. So supporting them, uh, realized they didn't have no food in the home. Uh, both of them were Muslim families and uh, that was my search out in Sheffield for a uh, halal food pack um, but unfortunately i found out that there wasn't any um, and then obviously local services were closed and um, i don't know how it all started but it was only trying to support two families and then it was supposed to be uh tried to get halal food support but then realizing that there was it wasn't just the the muslim families but it was many other uh, families that were struggling so instead of calling it Halal Food Bank, I opened it to NetherEdge and Sherrill Food Bank so that it's not a barrier for other communities. Uh, going back on to the question you asked, um, we I saw a lot happening during pandemic uh, with families, uh, the hardship, the poverty on our doorstep, and I felt it was important to make the food banks a little bit more special uh, to those families. So the first... Thing that came up was uh, the Christmas, and I know through the journey that I had, there was a lot of people couldn't afford or just had too much on to be able to think about a present. Um, So we got a collection, Uh, we did an appeal out, and volunteers were helping me. We uh, made sure that we did some Christmas hampers, we wrapped them up. Uh, It was quite fun. It was nice, especially when you knew why you were doing them. Um, and we made sure that they d- they felt important during that time that, you know, uh, not just giving them in bags, because that's what we were doing, um, handing, you know, packs of bags. But on special occasions, we made sure that it was that that real uh, touch mm. was there. So if I had it, how would I feel? Because there was a lot that I saw, and I don't want to cry now, but it was an emotional mm. rollercoaster what I saw. Um, And we did the same with, um, uh, because children were coming. Uh, We gave them, uh, like, um, sweet cones, cones on special occasions. Uh, Then Eid came. Uh, We did the same with the Eid packs. We tried to engage with the local Asian supermarkets um, and Morrison's, I don't know if it's okay to mention names, but supermarkets... We're not the BBC. Oh, Our, uh,
5: we don't we can even pretend here. they're the only supermarket that's available, if yeah, you want.
0: Yeah, only supermarket available is Morrison's, and uh, for, for balance in a minute, we're going to get Pretty Patel out to say, fuck you all. Uh, just, yeah, just to snatch... That, pretty Patel is going to come and snatch that wine back
10: from Keely, drink it in front of her, and smash the bottle on the ground. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Sorry. you were saying.
10: (laughs) So basically, every occasion that came, because of what we saw, um, and across communities, it wasn't just my own community that was uh, feeling embarrassed to come forward to get a food pack. I saw that across the board. Just to give one example, uh, one individual actually had a breakdown from another uh, town uh, because of COVID. He lost his job. Uh, Then because of financial pressures, uh, they had disputes amongst... Uh, partners and then basically felt it was important to move away from the area. Came to Sheffield didn't know anybody Um, he came across our food bank so he started I offered you know you can because it was early days we were just all coming together and doing stuff and mentally he was saying he he was going through a lot he engaged and um, he said he had never ever thought he'd actually need a food uh, pack or a bank to and he was hesitating but um we made him feel comfortable that during covid every person is going through the same thing yeah. so it's okay to come forward so we we did a lot of hard work um trying to make families and individuals from across communities to feel okay to come and collect a food it's, pack. it's
0: disgraceful how rich this country is or how rich the richest people in this country are yeah. And uh, you know, especially in London, there's some really disgusting, obscene wealth going on, and people hoarding at companies not paying tax. It just—I don't know how Boris Johnson sleeps at night, knowing that all of his children, wherever they might be, <laughs> whoever they might be, are all are all if you know going to bed on a full stomach. And it's just—it's absurd and it's obscene. Is this what's driven you to run for local councillor? I never ever
10: never ever thought or even imagined uh stepping into this role but along the journey through pandemic then i was uh, made redundant from another project which again left vulnerable families with no service uh but they were promised something is going to be in place unfortunately nothing happened so i tried my best to find but then i ended up setting a, a small project in sheffield again that's with all community support and um I don't know. Something's just happened along the journey where I just can't see anybody struggle, and I just get on with it without realizing what will happen. And uh, like you mentioned, I didn't plan uh, to set up a food bank or the project. It just happened, and I think um, by just having a heart and being there for the people, that, you can know, go. Uh,
0: With all due respect, Nigat, which is much, uh, it didn't just happen, you made it happen. And it's really easy to think of these things and think it would be nice, but to actually make it happen and keep it going is a big deal. Just tell us the area you're going to be the local councillor in.
10: Um, NetherEdge and Cheryl.
0: Mm, OK. Nether NetherEdge. Which Jess and I were saying backstage sounds a bit rude. <laughs> sounds a bit like Nether regions. Um, so if you just give us a cheer if you're from NetherEdge <laughs> could you please vote for Nigat Basharat and could you please sorry Labour which, which party obviously which part, well, well it might not be she might be green or something which party uh, it does say, <laughs> it, does say <laughs> it does it does say Labour on the t- thing but I just thought best to ask her in case the, <laughs> sometimes the clipboard's wrong might have changed yeah, sometimes <laughs> the, the Greens. Um So, if you are there, you'll know her because her face'll be on this, and you basically know her. now she's a mate. it would be rude and weird not to vote for her, be not like not voting for your best friend. It would be wrong. But if you could get on your WhatsApp groups and tell people I'll probably be in it <laughs> Tell people like she actually cares. she actually yeah. gives a fuck, and it's not about a power grab um... Sorry, that's that's a vulgar way of saying it I'm sure her slogan isn't I give a fuck but (laughs) that's sorry she's a woman of class I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Um, but I do I do I want this to happen because then I want you to run for MP and then ideally at some point when yes this is give the people what they want they want you as Prime Minister um Speaking of people who should be Prime Minister, Desiree Reynolds. um,
6: Yeah. Could you
0: please tell us about the Black Artists Collective of Sheffield and the Dig Where You Stand project? Okay. Um, Hello. Um, Hi. Hi.
8: (laughs) The Black Artists Collective came out of a collective action when, back uh, last year, a white arts organisation got given Windwash money. sorry
0: windrush money yes
8: they got given windrush by the council
0: the council had windrush money and they gave it to white people they
8: gave it to (laughs) white people
0: (laughs) sorry why though I know. Oh, I I, well, they have, they're an arts organisation. Can I
8: say their
0: name? It's a bit rude to say their name. Oh, right really. I'm I'm I
5: I'm always edit it out. They might Listen, be in here. <laughs> I'm,
0: they might be in here. They might be in here. But if they are they in they here, are I reckon here. they'll have figured out it probably wasn't the best thing to take it. People make mistakes. <laughs> People make mistakes and so they move on. We've all yeah. made mistakes. Give us a cheer if you've made a mistake. Yeah. Ah! So, okay, now what's the name of the organisation? Ignite Imaginations. Give us a cheer if you're from Ignite Imaginations. No, be oh, okay. Cool. Okay, um, continue on. They might just be keeping a low profile, to be fair.
8: So they got given £5,000 of Windrush money, and they have a white... Well, I don't know if they, don't, if they have that now, but then they had... It was just a white board, white trustees, white workers, and...
0: What were they going to do with this five pounds Well, they had
8: a website where they wanted black elders to upload their stories onto a website.
0: I've got what I've got a website.
8: (laughs) What? Sorry,
0: but were they going to pay the black elders to do the stories? Hell no. They were just. So what were they going to do with
8: the five grand? I I I imagine that it was with maybe administrative costs or paying other. You know how funding works. They don't Mm. really pay for the things that they ask for the funding for. Mm. I don't know, but we. I was working in the archive and I wanted some (laughs) money to pay some workers. So I said,
0: oh... <laughs> the lady just walked off. Yeah, did she? I think she's from... Yeah, She's She's probably going to give the money back, it's fine. <laughs> well, they did. They, they did. They've given give the money they back. back. They, gave they the did money back, give the money back. They've given the money <laughs> <laughs> back. Did you have anything to do back. with them giving the money back? Yes. No. How...
5: T- <laughs> How did
8: you get them to give the money back? I wrote to them and said, give me that bloody money back.
0: Did you say... (laughs) Did did they pick up on that hint? They did. (laughs) Thank so you. you wrote to them. you just said I you shouldn't to them, have that money? I wrote
8: to the council, I checked my phone. Who are the friends that I know? Sheffield has a huge amount of black artists, writers, mm. playwrights, sculptures. Are you
0: implying there are black people in Sheffield? Well, I'm trying to say, because you know and So So <laughs> yeah. there are there are black people in Sheffield, but the white people are given the money to just basically, make Extract. older black people do work for free. There we go. Write, write free blogs for us on go. our big old white website. That's right. White supremacy's really it, it, it's it's very good, isn't it? I mean, it's excellent at its job. It's a good grift, right? It's uh, listen. <laughs> it's nothing if not sticky. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's stayed around a long time. It's well, uh, well,
8: they yeah, they gave the money back, and we managed to give the money to a black. Uh, run young arts organization they made a film about the sheffield windrush generation and it was brilliant so i'm very pleased about that excellent
0: tell us about dig where you stand
8: um so i'm a writer as a freelancer you get to do lots of amazing things uh, for very little money and um you know this is true um and um i was a, i am a writing residence at the sheffield
0: archives um and is that you sorry it's because we didn't put the um we didn't have the timer up so um i had to put my alarm on and it's so but it's very triggering because it's sort of like oh, i'm asleep and i thought i've gone to sleep in the show. i've got I've, I've slept in and i've woken up in my own show Uh, No, I did that just so we don't overrun, but we're all good. I've I've said it before the time we're meant to get off, so it's just to tell me, keep going, pretend it's seamless. I don't think it's noticed. (laughs) I think we got complete. We got away with it. Keely, you didn't notice anything, did you? (laughs)
8: Um, So I started the project Digway Stand. I don't know if anybody here has seen that in various...
0: Oh, Thank you. What's Dig Where You Stand?
8: So Dig Where You Stand, working with the Sheffield Archives, was about, well, it, I wish it was something that I invented. I didn't invent the term Dig Where You Stand. It was by a, a Swedish guy talking about the World War after World War II. Digging Where You Stand was a workers' movement to address the inequality to think about your factory owners. It's very communist. Factory owners and what factory owners are doing and not doing and that the workers must investigate the people that they're working for. So I nicked it and told it to dig where you stand. So it's an artist collective, another one, that responds to the silences and the cultural um, absences that's present in all our archives. So the reason why this is important is because I was going to the archives and I found, um, like, uh, a boy who was in Rotherham uh, from Guinea, age 14. We don't know if he was 14 because of adultification, but he was here, and Rotherham, in 1725, baptised in 1725. Mm. Um, and the idea of black people in Rotherham mm. in 1725... How you don't mind see them blind. in costume
0: dramas, do you? Not unless it's sort of race-blind casting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always sort of implied that, oh, well, we're just mixing it up. But actually, you know, there have been plenty of people of colour in this country. There's
8: been people of colour in this country for as long as there have been people. And I think we have to kind of... uh, Forever, forever. Uh, And the idea of the kind of nationalist approach, which has affected Brexit, you know, it has a knock-on effect when we think about the city that we live in. So that's why it was quite important to get the work out. So I curated an exhibition, I wrote some articles, they were in the Central Library, um, they were in the Sheffield Market, and we're touring and we're still doing the work and we're doing workshops now and i want other artists to get involved as well
0: in sheffield so are you looking specifically for black artists black and brown artists i'm looking specifically for black and brown
8: artists for people of color really okay
0: so if you're a black or brown artist or you know anybody or you can tell anybody please tell them to get in touch with the black Artists collective of sheffield Dig where you stand. When's that going to be on again, and where?
8: Um, So we're just negotiating at the minute because I I curated an exhibition which also went to the cemetery. I don't know if anybody knows several General Cemetery. I mean, it sounds creepy. I know it sounds creepy, but it's actually really beautiful, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
6: it's a
8: very, very beautifully kept Mm. cemetery. Um, Yeah, we're all going to be there one day.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) might as well go and have a little early visit. (laughs) Um,
8: But it's. had it there, and one other thing is that informed doing this kind of work is um, Kaya Kusiamansa who's a child that came over as part of an Ashanti, we don't know if it was Ashanti, travelling village, um, where she was born and died here, and she's buried in the Sheffield General Cemetery mm. in 1902. So the idea that these people didn't make these connections, I know that there was quite a few of Native Americans up in Hillsborough who, I know, who came for the... Uh, who were brought over by uh, Wild Bill Hickok. What? So some people... I mean, we don't even know if it was really Wild Bill Hickok, you know, but there are some people walking around some Hillsborough... Dead dead the Sheffield spin-off.
6: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Some people
8: walking around Hillsborough who have Native American abudging... Because people made connections, right? Mm. Um, and whether they made fleeting connections or, you know... Lasting. This is
0: so fascinating. So, I want to go around again one more time. Um, And I want to ask you uh, two questions each. And the first question is um, How can we help you? Is there any, you know, we can put in the show notes, but just quickly give us the headlines of what do you need and where can we send it to? And the other question is There are people listening to this all over the UK and all over the world. What advice would you give somebody if they wanted to start i think your hub for food where people play a small subscription and they 're not sort of standing there going oh it 's a..." it 's such a brilliant idea mm. to get fresh food and to make it affordable and say it 's a subscription so that it 's like a fancy thing a subscription isn 't it it 's like oh i 've subscribed to craft beer or you know like, it 's a brilliant idea if people wanted to start something like you 've started inspired by you or their own thing that they 've thought of. What advice would you give them? So firstly, how can we help you?
9: So you can volunteer if you're local to Barnsley. That would be brilliant. Um, And you can get in touch with me on the website. Um, Or you can donate um, money or time. I think quite a lot of the time, a lot of us maybe don't have the money to donate and to do these things. And often it comes from lived experience that people Mm. are passionate about these projects. Mm. Um, So a big part of the stuff that I do, it's not, Like I've mentioned, it's not just about the food that we provide, but it's all of the things that come with it. So, obviously, I've mentioned that we're getting surplus food. So, you know, there's no no point me saying to somebody, look, you can come and get all of these weird and wonderful fruit and veg if you don't actually know what you're going to do with it when you take it home. Mm -hmm. So we're providing a lot of recipe resources. Mm -hmm. And I think just kind of making it second nature to share recipes and food experiences and ideas with people is actually really valuable in building communities So people can do that regardless of what their financial resources are as well. What's your URL? Uh, It's it's
0: goodfoodbarnsley.org. Get in touch. Get involved in some way or another. Either you can give money, you can give time, you can give recipes. Give one recipe, even if you just did that you've contributed and if you're interested in starting something similar, what's one piece of advice you'd have?
9: I mean you can get in touch with me, I'm more than happy to talk about the project that I'm doing, um, but there's loads of research uh, and information on things like Feeding Britain um, on their website as well um, so yeah, just get in touch
0: Great, nice. wonderful <clears throat>
9: um, Nigat, um
0: what do you need from us?
10: I don't want, I'll I've got to say uh, we've got a fantastic community in Sheffield uh, who's actually, I mean, me being new, I think they, they've all played that part and they are still playing a part, which I'm really grateful uh, for whole of Sheffield and everybody who's supported NetherEdge and Cheryl Food Bank. Um, uh. Applauding yourselves there, Sheffield. You go for it. Yeah, I think without their support, I don't. there's no way this would have gone... But I So think... you
0: need food, and you need some nice food sometimes, some treats, some fancy food, yeah. some Haribos. Treats, treats, and, money. Uh, and, and, money, money. and money. And money. money. Great. And, and your vote. And, and vote for you. And if you live in nether regions, vote. <laughs> OK, if you don't, but you know someone who lives in nether regions, or you would be prepared, prepared to go and knock on doors and say, I've met her, I saw her on the Guild of Feminists, she's amazing. Canvas for her, get on your WhatsApp groups. Um... Excellent. Um, And finally, Desiree, Mm -hmm. um, uh, can you you tell me what do you need and what advice would you give? Um, So the thing that I might need
8: is maybe more venues to put the exhibition in, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Anyone Um, got a venue? Anybody got a venue? Yes, you have. What venue have you got? um, I'm on Twitter. I'm very rarely on Twitter, but send me a message. I'm also on Instagram. I'm a terrible social media person, but you're more than welcome to get in touch Have you with got a me. URL? Have you
0: got a website or I have email. got a
8: website. I'm rubbish at that as well. But uh, you can definitely Stop. contact if me. If people wanted to contact website. you to
0: give you like 10 grand or something, what's what's your I'm email? I'm sure I've lost money over the years by being so uh, crap Or can, can you... Can, look, email <laughs> guiltyfeminist <laughs> at gmail.com. She does not want to get... She doesn't want you getting in touch. It's I'm clear. I'm very bad I, at it. That's all I know. Email, email guiltyfeminist <laughs> at gmail.com if you've got anything for Desiree and we'll get in touch with her. What's the venue you've got? <laughs> A studio Ooh, in what? In Kelm Island. Island.
8: That's where you should be drinking. Kelm, Kelm Island. Island. Not West Street. Don't go to West Street. Go to don't Kelam drink Island. on West Street. No. We're getting
0: that, that's a wonderful heckle. <laughs> don't drink on West Street. No. Don't okay, Island. Kelm Island. Okay, great. And one piece of advice for anyone who wanted to start up something like you've started up. Um, I'm
8: very passionate about the archives. I'm very passionate about um, finding yourselves and us finding ourselves in the archives. And I think that Every city has it, they has the resource. They are chronically underfunded because they sometimes come under library services and we know that's under attack constantly. Um so if you I think what they need is for people to use them. So go to your local archive and go and find yourselves in them. You're there. You are all of you are all there. So that's one of the things that I would suggest that you do and write about it, sing about it, plays, drawings, graffiti, I love it all, and send them to me at D, will you stand on the on the Instagram. Yeah. She's
0: amazing. Yeah. A huge, huge, huge round of applause for Amy Calvert, oh, yeah. Nigat Basharat, yeah. and Desiree Reynolds. Yeah. Jessica Foster-Q. Yeah. And to finish this show, the one, the only, Jess Robinson. Yeah. Yeah.
2: amazing women. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I first started doing impressions in front of my grandma and her friends, my grandma Rosie, who I'll tell you more about in the second half. She is the ultimate feminist legend, although she would absolutely hate this and think it was a load of nonsense. (laughs) But um, yeah, we, we started a film club, my grandma and me, and we used to watch lots of old films and musicals. And first rule of film club, don't mention Fight Club. Mm-mm. That was not for grandma. Uh, our favorite film uh, was A Star Is Born. Oh, do you like that film? You got any fa- oh, I love it. I love it so much. They kindly remade it three times for us in '54 with Judy Garland, in '76 with Barbara Streisand, in '2018 with Lady Gaga, and if my dream diary's on schedule, in '2025 with me. <laughs> i <laughs>
7: have lost their glitter the winds grow colder and suddenly you're older and all because of the man
2: You know what it reminds me of? la 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 Oh,
7: my. why oh I just love Tony Christie. Come on. Lesson of
0: We can see you
2: yes if you're going to the edinburgh festival i'll be there Woo. with my new show legacy which i haven't written yet i'm sure it's going to be amazing you've or, got you've got upward of weeks oh yeah you can you can find my album online on Bandcamp. it's called are you ready and if you like um podcasts where well, i think you probably do um i've got one called stars in your ears uh there's nothing serious about it i've done it listen to it's my episode really good
5: it's really um, good,
0: Jess Robinson. Everyone, can I also have a huge, huge round of applause for Sophie Duker, Woo-hoo! Jess Foster, Q, Amy Nigat, and Desiree? Woo-hoo! Everybody here at the Sheffield Octagon. Woo-hoo! have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White and my very special guests Amy Calvert and Nagat Basharat and Desiree Reynolds with stand-up comedy from Sophie Juca and Jessica Q, and music from Jess Robinson. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Tom Zielinski. Thanks to Rachel Craft, Regina Buccio, Stuart Arnold and everyone at the Sheffield Sheffield.com as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes visit guiltyfeminist.com. Uh, do you have anything for us? Oh, you've been watching the show. Well done. That's, that's the correct answer. Has anyone else quickly Googled anything for us? Or remembered anything? No, people are walking out in protest, Laura. They're like, I've paid for extra information from Laura. And if I don't get it, I'm leaving. Where are you guys going? It's not the end of the act. Where are you going? You need, to, you need the loo. Okay, fine. You're not... T- There's only one more act in this this, uh, this, uh, this half. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from ACAST. Find it wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalised card from Moonpig. Add your favourite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just five dollars.